listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. I had to follow it all the way to West Virginia. Do you understand that? <laughs> it lost. That shit. That shit was on a Thursday night. I Nasty. was like, you know what? I'm. I'm fine. Wait, did you go? Uh, you went to West Virginia? That's where I was. That's why I couldn't pod. Oh, I was in West shit. Virginia. Yeah, I. I saw you post it, and I was like, that, that poor man. I've been to West Virginia before. Uh, not the. Not the coolest place you could go especially to go watch beautiful, lose. not the hot beautiful stadium yeah. beautiful country country up there they showed me a good time but like, the mountains are really pretty oh but. brother do i wish i hadn't hadn't gone to fly into pittsburgh airport and then drive down to see us get <laughs> stomp curb stomped no thanks gave a fucking 43 points oh man jt daniels the fuck out of here <laughs> welcome to one take podcast Welcome to the One Take Podcast, episode 126. I'm Roy Nogletree. I'm joined by Tej and Dex. We're talking movies. We haven't talked movies in about a week and a half on this podcast because like you've heard, I've been literally all over the planet, all over these great United States. Hadn't had time to watch movies, but luckily streaming services are still pumping out the content that you and I all love. This week, we are talking about the Redeem Team, a a a subject that is actually probably near and dear to all of our hearts on this podcast. We love basketball. Um, that's make no mistake about it. We, the last thing we kind of did in this vein, we reviewed the uh, malice at the palace documentary. Had a good Get time talking down. about, yeah, had a, had a good time talking about that. Um, so yeah, let's just get a general sense real quick. First of all, how we doing? Are y'all as tired as I am? Holy shit. No, yeah. I just got done watching Game of Thrones, so I'm very wide right now because oh, cool. the feeling has been restored, brothers. Big high tower hours, baby. We out here. I'm three episodes behind, so that's fine. Oh my god, never mind. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> um, I I I binged it the other day and caught up almost, and then it just passed me by again. Anyway, we'll talk about that another time. But uh, let's get real quick. Let's get a sense of what this team or your relationship to those Olympics were, because I feel like this was an Olympics that our generation um, really paid attention to. And for Dex and I, we were going right into high school or we're in junior high going into high schools area like that. So it was like all of these guys were our heroes at that point. So let's just kind of get a general sense. Tej, we'll start with you. What did you think? Not necessarily about the documentary. We'll get into that. But what's your relationship to this team and to those Olympics in 2008? Uh, I remember it very well. I was 2008. I was had just finished uh, undergrad. I, I was finishing undergrad. So um, great time in my life. Uh, and I was very, too, very tuned into this Olympics, not just because I love the Olympics, but because of what happened in 2004 with the basketball team 
It was major news. And I, for one, being a basketball fan, was like, we're not going out there to embarrass ourselves again. Like, we're not doing that this time. We don't have, you know, like, we don't have, there's no excuses this time. We got to go over there. We're sending pros now. Uh, we ain't even got to talk about no more, you know, because there was so much stuff in 04 where every, nobody wanted to be on the team, obviously. And it was like, oh, like, they don't care about this because everybody just assumed that we would win no matter who we sent. Uh, we were that arrogant and the players were that arrogant and the people that ran USA basketball were that arrogant to think that you can just send any old body, just send like the seventh best dude on every NBA roster and you go over there and you're going to beat these other pros from these other countries that have been playing together for years and years and years and just give them like two weeks to practice and they'll be fine. And it's like, no, you actually can't do that. You actually just can't just send over a bunch of names over there. And so uh, it was a great thing that happened because it really showed that the world basketball had had arrived. So I was very tuned into this Olympics. And of course I knew by this time, I knew a lot of the international players, like people were going to forget there was like two or three years in the NBA, but Rudy Fernandez was just scorching people for every, every three weeks or so. Unbelievable. He was just that good. Like people going to forget. We are all Rockets fans. So we remember, but people forget how good Luis Scola really was because we didn't yeah. win a lot while he was here. We didn't like go deep in the playoffs, but Luis Scola was really good. Like, a Luis very Cole crafty really player. Like that. <laughs> he was really like that. So to see these things in this documentary is just really cool. But I was very tuned into this Olympics. Even when they showed uh, the the parts of the uh, opening ceremony, I, I very much remember watching that opening ceremony. Like it was it was a it was a big deal. It was in China, which was also its own separate thing, and also a big deal. And uh, I was very tuned in. So this documentary was a it was made for somebody like me who remembers that. Uh, that time pretty well. Dex, what's your uh, what's your relationship to to this Olympics, to that moment in time? Yeah, I was like, I think I was going into eighth grade for uh, when these Olympics happened. So like the whole China thing, obviously, didn't mean much to me. I was in fucking eighth grade, like I didn't care. Um, but I just remember it being like the. Like, we ran that summer, basically, is what it mm. felt like. Looking back at the medal count, it's like, you know, China won way more gold medals than we did, but we won all the ones that mattered. Like, Michael Phelps got his, <laughs> Michael Phelps Michael got Phelps. his shit off. Like, you know what I'm saying? Usain Bolt, like, he's not ours, but he's ours, you know? Like, <laughs> what? Especially as a black person, it's like, yeah, Usain Bolt, that's, that's ours. Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the island nation yeah. of Jamaica would disagree with you and Tej. I for sure Don't. love the island nation of Jamaica, and I love Usain Bolt. So I just want to make sure that's known on the record, by the way. Yeah, as look, me as an eighth grader watching Usain Bolt cook these fools, I was like, yeah, like run on, black man, like this is amazing. Um, but yeah, I uh, we it felt like we won everything that mattered, everything that I cared about, anyway. And so, like, the Redeem team was definitely a big part of that. You know, it's all my favorite players in the NBA. Like, pretty much every single player on that team, with the exception of, like, Carlos Boozer, was, like, somebody who I, you know, fucking love. It's it's LeBron and Melo and fucking Wade and CP3 and, like, all these, like, people who are, like, the greatest of their generation now. Like, they were at, like, the peak of their powers. Like, you can still go to fucking... Foot Locker and buy mellow sneakers that you saw him wear like in the goddamn Olympics like just right then and there on the fucking shelves like uh you know so that definitely was like a major part of me like being the basketball fan that I am now like 
getting to watch this team in real time and like yeah i'll just never forget about it man it was dope um i remember yeah because i was going into i was going into high school i was going into my freshman year of high school so I, I remember understanding a little bit about the geopolitics of it all, but even then it wasn't, that was in the back of my mind. I just remember we were at a, we we're on like a fishing trip. And for some reason that weekend was the weekend that all of these huge matches happened. And like, it was so funny because they would happen in like the middle of the day. They would broadcast these things actually live. I remember. And then, so it would be like, we would stop, doing whatever we were doing in our tracks to watch basketball, to watch Michael Phelps. And there was a sense of, it was like one of the few times growing up post nine 11, like that I felt like a, like a unique sort of uh, uh, national oneness, I guess, like a, a common, like a common goal. Like we're going to, we're going to whoop ass in this Olympics. Like that's what we're going to do. And we're all going to, there's this, there's this common like goal to strive for. And for some reason that all, that all brought together that. And, and, and it was really, it was really interesting. It was a really interesting time uh, to, to be an American and watch this. And it, and for basketball, it was the, almost the changing almost the changing of the guard because you go and you look at it and we'll talk about it in the documentary kobe was a huge part of that team obviously he was the catalyst of that team but lebron james by and large was the best player to touch the floor every single night for that team and it was really like a 24 year old lebron james coming out party almost on an on a global scale and so that was i think that when even casual fans, like as I was always a Rockets fan, but maybe never, never really a huge like NBA fan. That was when I started getting into the playoffs and into following where people went in free agency and all of that stuff. And it, that really was sort of the catalyst for that on a global scale. And that got me into basketball even heavier. And so I think watching those games and just how dominant they were man it was embarrassing up until that very last game like, mm -hmm. like oh they they gave us fits in like the third quarter you're like shut up like they didn't like <laughs> like i remember Dwayne wade throwing a behind the back alley-oop to kobe like out of bounds like i remember that and yeah, i remember, we'll, remember the we'll games. talk about it but i remember like watching this documentary and being like, oh, they're making these games seem like way more competitive than they were. Like, nah, fam. Like, Final score, 125 <laughs> to 86. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. But, and I remember too, like, yeah, they struggled a little bit in the FIBA, in the FIBA lead up. But like, I do remember the, the lead-ins to that. And subsequently the 2012 ones where a lot of the same guys came back, where it was mm -hmm. like, where it was like, it was like watching an and one mixtape. The highlights were like watching. They were just literally throwing alley-oop dunks over people that like it, it really like, I don't want to besmirch FIBA basketball, but it really was a completely different sport that once the Americans got like in tune with one another, it really was just a completely different sport to watch. They were playing so much faster so much bigger than the rest of the competition. It was incredible. Literally, uh, we were just like, we're better than you. Like, that's just yeah. it. <laughs> like, <I don't> <laughs> yeah. 
So I don't know if I ne- necessarily recognize the the grandness of the 2004 of it all um, and how disappointing that necessarily would be and how, you know, kind of embarrassing that actually was if you go back and you think about it. Um, but I didn't, I do kind of, I did at the time realize how, how big, like all of these players coming together was, but maybe not so much what they go into in the documentary about the 2004 team and what that all meant. I, to be honest, I had even forgotten, like I kind of knew that Mello was on that team. I forgot LeBron was on that team on the 2004 team. Yeah. I remember the 2004 debacle really well, but I had, I, 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 that was when I was in high school and I was aware of kind of the geopolitical landscape of it, but I don't think I knew like they literally didn't, didn't they like they slept on a cruise ship and didn't sleep in the Olympic Village and like everywhere they went they had to have security. Uh, I like I didn't remember that part of it, but I just remember we went over there and we were trashed from the beginning. As soon as the Olympics started, we were ass, and it was like, oh shit, <laughs> this team is not good. Like this team is ass. Darren Williams is out here struggling. Like this team is not it, bros. And I didn't even think about the kids on the bench. We knew Melo was good and LeBron was good, but they barely played. Like they didn't. They Larry Brown was about to play those kids. Larry Brown don't even play kids in the NBA. He's like, fuck these kids. I want the veterans out there. Larry Brown is uh, old and haggard. Larry and he Brown stunk it up. Larry Brown comes out looking like terrible in this documentary, to be completely honest with you. As he Le- should. Legendary coach, but he comes out looking awful. Um, okay, so let's get into the actual documentary. The Redeem Team, uh, 2022, came out a couple of weeks ago. 7.5 on IMDb. Um follows the story of the 2008 U.S. Olympic men's basketball team known now as the Redeem Team and uh, – oh, t- sorry. Men's basketball team and how the quote-unquote Redeem Team set a new standard for American basketball. It was directed by John Weinbach. If I remember correctly, what did he do that was – he did – oh, he did The Last Dance. So the makers of The Last Dance put this together as well. And you can see – I mean, they have a knack for this. They're really, really good at it. Um, stars LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony, Carlos Boozer, Chris Posh, Chris Paul, Jason Kidd, Dwight Howard, uh, Jerry Colangelo makes an appearance. Pal Gasol actually makes an appearance, which is really cool. Um, Doug Collins has a big part in this, actually. Uh, and then, which is of something course, I knew nothing about before this. Oh, yeah. yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, but the, the big one here is who comes out, you know, the, this might be sacrilege for, for, for me, but because I hate I hate him. Uh, Mike Krzyzewski has a huge role in this, and he comes out looking great. To be completely honest with you, like this is the most I've ever liked Coach K out of this literal American hero. I'm glad that the rest of y'all can finally oh, see God. what most oh, of them, but some of us have already seen. He's hey, bro, I, I give it to him now. Now that he's gone and left us alone, <laughs> finally <laughs> after being after a he went home, coach at Duke my entire now that he's gone. Life, yeah, now that he's retired, hey, give him his flowers. Good for him. Appreciate it. <laughs> did that whole thing. All right. Thank you, kind sir. Um, you did your think, duty for America again. I think Thank this was <laughs> I think this was produced in part. I mean, of course, LeBron has his hands on on everything now. LeBron but, and Maverick Carter. Yeah, LeBron and Maverick Carter. LeBron will had, never be in a movie or documentary that he d- did not produce himself. <laughs> Right, right. Uh, Dwayne Wade also helped produce this as well. Um, and also Frank Marshall, who I believe if this is the same Frank Marshall, this is the guy from behind uh, 
he's been nominated for five Oscars. He's behind like Indiana Jones and like the curious case of Benjamin Button and a bunch of others. So he's like Indiana a long Jones nominated for Oscars. Yeah. The first one was. They like racist movies, especially back then. Extremely <laughs> racist films. That was their bag. Uh, the Sixth Sense, Sea Biscuit, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, The Color Purple. So he's a long time, uh, I think, Spielberg guy as well, too. So that's, that name flashing up there is very interesting. Has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, 95% audience score. Um, let's see what the critics' consensus is. I don't think it actually has one. But that's interesting. The, let's look at the the one rotten review, shall we? Oh, God. Uh, this, we're about to hear from a hater. From Alan French from Sunshine State Cineplex. There's oh, he's a stunning, from Florida. There's a stunning lack of insight into the events. It feels like a puff piece meant to valorize a select few instead of showing an honest depiction of a moment that would change basketball. I, what? What the hell is this, bros? We don't like you guys at the Sunshine State, whatever the hell you are. We don't like you guys. State Cineplex. Cool. You guys stink at the State Cineplex. I bet you the theater's not that good. <laughs> so, uh, Dex, go ahead, man. What do you think about the documentary? Of course, give it a letter grade. Oh, did he? No, you froze. There you go. Okay, now you're there. Nope. Why don't I go first while Dex uh, okay. is freezing? Uh, Okay. Hello? <laughs> Let's let Tej go and let you get your internet back up real quick. Go ahead, Tej. All right. Um, I had a great time watching this. Obviously, like I said, this is something that was close to me. I was very familiar with, with the topic matter, but I also learned a lot. There was a lot of stuff that I didn't know or didn't remember. The Doug Collins piece of it was new to me. The, you know, I, the way in which he was motivating them by bringing in you know, people who had been to, been, to, uh, been to war. Obviously, I knew about Coach K's uh, um, military background, but to know that that's how they were inspiring the players, kind of starting in the 2004 and starting before and showing like that history of USA basketball and how dominant we were before we started using pros, before the dream team, and then with the dream team. I just thought they did a really good job of laying it out. And you're helped out because you have very compelling people to talk to. You you literally have an interview with Kobe Bryant, who's just an amazing person to listen talk to about basketball. Uh, you have a LeBron James, you have Dwayne Wade, you have Carmelo Anthony, who's just like the most hilarious person in the film. And then you have Carlos Boozer, who's a Duke Blue Devil, but really we didn't really need to hear from him. But like he's there, too. And I, I just thought they did a good job. Obviously, the Coach K stuff is always going to hit me in the feels. The stuff with Kobe and his daughter that they were – I thought they did a pretty good job of like showing you this stuff and you know why you're seeing it, but not like making oh, a – Oh, man. Like, the trying to happy take birthday thing I yeah was like you don't have to say anything about it just play the video and it's gonna make you emotional maybe cry hearing them sing happy birthday to kobe when he's holding his daughter like they knew what that stuff was gonna do to you but they didn't have to you didn't have to have a separate interview portion where lebron is talking about how much he misses kobe or how much he loved how much he enjoyed meeting kobe's daughter like they just played this video of like this is a story about the redeem team but we know that this is a part of the story that you all will appreciate i thought it was very good they did it in a subtle way I just enjoyed the documentary. It's a very quick watch. It's awesome. And the whole world, young people need to see who Rudy Fernandez really was. And it's a shame <laughs> that he didn't become who he was supposed to come in the league because he dealt with a lot of injuries. But my God, man, he had the whole USA team in. It's just, he in had the hell. whole team in hell, bro. He's dunking on him. Like he's, and that's like a, 
I thought they did a really good job of understanding the underlying why this is important. This whole story isn't just important because Team U- the USA won again. The importance of the story is how world basketball has taken over the world basketball scene has rivaled the U.S. basketball scene. I've been to basketball games in Barcelona. You've never seen anything like it before. Like, the people love basketball around the world. And, you know, there are people that are born with the X gene, but not everybody born with the X gene to play basketball is born in America. And because basketball has become so popular worldwide, people that have the X gene to be NBA players are also being born elsewhere. Everybody wants to draft Victor Ben, uh, you know, uh, how do you say his name? Wimbenyama. Wimbenyama. He looks like the next great thing. He's the biggest prospect that we've ever seen since LeBron James. He's born in France. Like in French in France, basketball is very important. I've gone to I've gone to Paris and gone to go see basketball. And I went to literally the hood, like in Paris, to go watch them hoop. And there was some real hoopers in there. Like they take basketball very seriously. So to see the world be introduced to the fact of like, even though there are these, there's this team that we created that has all your favorite players on it. It don't mean they're just going to go over there and clean up. I mean, they did go over there and clean up, but, like, it wasn't a sure thing because of what we had just seen in 2004. That 2014 was getting ran, like, off the floor. Like, them dudes were, were dancing on our graves. So it's just – it's it's such a cool way to present the story and to drive the point home of, like, these international dudes that are dropping into the NBA don't just come from nowhere. They're playing international basketball, and international basketball has a ton of talent in it, and some of them are making it to the NBA. But – even the ones that you don't ever see in the NBA are super talented guys and they can build teams too. And international basketball is just fun as hell. The Olympics is fun as hell. So they had a lot to work with, but I would give it an A. I would give it an A. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad that they made it and I'm glad that I watched it. Luis Scola put his nuts in Tayshawn Prince's face. That's insane. <laughs> it was going crazy. And Tayshawn Prince is a great defender and it didn't yeah. matter. Disrespected Richard Jefferson so much. <laughs> oh my god, man! Oh my god! Uh, yeah, go ahead, Dex. Follow it up. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna give it an A plus. I got exactly what I was looking for out of this documentary. You know, Netflix tells me they're dropping a redeemed team documentary, and I'm like, sign me the fuck up. I wasn't disappointed. You know, I appreciated them really like taking their time to tell the whole story because, like I said, I really didn't know that much about. The whole 2004 debacle, I knew that we didn't win like we were supposed to, but I didn't really have like a good like context for just how dominant we used to be back in the day and like how ass we were in 2004 <laughs> and like in FIBA and stuff like leading up to that. Because I'm like, you know, I'm in elementary school. I'm not watching fucking FIBA World Championships, you know? Like, it's like They didn't even, did they really even televise them? Out. Couldn't tell you. Don't remember. But like, I wasn't other paying attention. Like, ah, oh, we didn't win the FIBA World Championship. Fuck. It's like you know. I'm, well, because now that's uh, like primetime ESPN. Yeah, but you know, as a sixth grader, I'm like, whatever. You know, like I don't, I don't care. <laughs> Wake me up when it's the Olympics. But now, you know, I pay attention to this shit, and I can tell you all about Eurobasket and shit like that. But you know, I didn't have that context before watching. I really appreciated that Coach K came up looking great out of this. Uh, Gave me a lot of respect for him as a coach, honestly, that I didn't have before because he's always just been the guy who coached Duke that I hated. And, you know, it uh, as a fan, it kind of felt like, oh, they just went and built the the greatest super team possible. They just threw them together and rolled the ball out there, and that was it. And they went and won. Like, nah, like Coach K put in a lot of work. You know, it was a lot of, <laughs> a lot of great coaching that, like, got them to – 
play as well as they did, got them to kind of buy in and transform the way they played and learn the game and all that. So appreciated that part of it. And then obviously, man, anytime you see Phil Kobe Bryant talking about basketball, it's beautiful. It was beautiful when he's alive and it's even more beautiful now that he's gone. Like, and you know, it's heartbreaking, but it's also kind of amazing. Just always looking back on his life and how much, life he really lived like even though he died at like 41 you know <laughs> he accomplished so much did so much like he he did a lot more in his life than you know most people who live to be you know 75 80 years old like Kobe Bryant did like so much like and I he was my favorite player growing up and anytime you get to kind of revisit some of that it's always dope so I love this documentary. Uh, I'll probably end up watching it again, like a few years down the line, just to like pump myself up for the Olympics and like shit like that again, because it's it's really good. So A plus for me. Yeah, I'll give it an A. Um, it didn't like break a ton of new ground. It told me things that I didn't know just because I was young and uninformed. And I think that's probably more who this is probably for. It's more of like a time capsule of what happened, other than like a. You know, even even the last dance was manicured by it was Jordan propaganda manicured by Jordan. But it did reveal some things that like I think a bunch of people didn't know, like him fighting his teammates and all that, you know, all that stuff. And the quote unquote flu game and food poisoning and what else, what everybody thought about that. But this is more of a here's how it kind of rolled out and here's what we remember about it. And here's why we did it this way. And I, th- I really appreciated that. Very quick, uh, hour, hour 30, maybe even less, uh, which, you know, 30 for 30 documentaries got it on tight. And this is basically what this is. This is basically like a heightened 30 for 30 documentary. And we all love those. Most of them are, you know, at least, at least watchable. This is beyond that. I think, I think it's very well put together. I think they use the archival footage of Kobe Bryant very tastefully. Uh, they were able to somehow, you know, incorporate that without it feeling like we're trying to, for lack of a better term, bring somebody back from the dead, I guess. Like it was, it, it really was uh, well done and well, well incorporated into the documentary. I think all the, all the players were shockingly very open about stuff. I mean, like Definitely. LeBron James, LeBron James is, he's based his whole brand now on that, even though he's like a general generational liar, but like he is based his <laughs> whole brand on like, on like talking about things that has gone on in his career. Um, generational he, liar is hilarious but <laughs> he is a generational liar where he's like you just go watch the shop and he's like that's my favorite quote you're like no it's not. <laughs> no it's not the problem come on you don't have to lie to my face like it's my favorite book okay sure like <laughs> like yeah so he's he's funny to watch and he's sort of transitioned into this media personality too and obviously he's going to be the front-facing owner of the team one day and people in the media He's trying to think I get as many people on the media on his side as humanly possible, even though there's this weird love hate with LeBron. Um, LeBron pays everybody's bills. <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah. is what it is. It is what it is. And I think he realizes that. But he was surprisingly I think he was surprisingly candid in this, you know, and uh, it's always funny to hear 
to hear people who you don't expect to like just drop f bombs in the middle of an interview like like okay cool that's fun like, <laughs> yep. we're having fun here um the funniest part to me, Chris Bosch was hilarious. He's always a great interview. If you haven't ever watched any like Chris Bosch's interviewed or, or listened to him on a podcast or anything, he's really, really good. He was always a the third third banana on that uh on that team, on that heat team. Mm-hmm. But you forget how cool and awesome he was at basketball, especially. But even since then, and he got cut a hard break with the end of his career too, and his I believe heart problems, but he seems to be like just thriving and doing well. And he's really funny to listen, talk, uh, talk about, listen to talk about basketball. Um, I think it was a lung thing. Like, was it a lung thing? In his lung or something. I feel yeah. like that's what it was. Yeah. He got dealt, I mean, a blood related thing. Yeah. I think he's dealing with blood clots and they were like, no, this will kill you. You actually can't play anymore. Yeah. And he was only, we forget he was only like 32 or something when that happened. So yeah, all these guys are young still, kind of relatively. Um, Dwayne Wade, of course, he's always been pretty candid about his his life and stuff too, and that was in the documentary about dealing with his injury history. The again, the most the person that comes out looking the best in this is Mike Chashevsky. Like, as much as I hate it, R M P M P to my agenda. Um, he. Man knows how to coach basketball. Uh, like, coach K, good coach. We coach K confirmed. <laughs> confirmed knows how to coach. Who would have thought? Um, but but he also like you know bringing in um, uh, Mike uh, D'Antoni, who coached in Italy and those things, and knew about the European game, and 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 bringing in those motivators, even though you're know, like. How much are how much is this going to translate from the military to this and that to to pro athletes who are making the millions of dollars and stuff? Apparently, it works. I guess I, I just it, hey, they it hit is, way different in two thousand eight. It was a different yeah, time, man. Yeah, yeah, it's, it was. It's completely yeah. Like you're you're still fighting. You're still fighting over in in the Middle East, and it's it's a completely different view of that whole situation but i i just yeah. think i'm a, uh, about to get elected or just got elected or whatever like i don't remember the exact time yeah, it's in the summer so he was about to get yeah. elected everybody's hopeful you know what i'm saying right so <laughs> they're singing the national anthem with all their hearts and shit like still at that point you know right. it's a little different now but we're a little bit more jaded <laughs> we're a little jaded here in 2022 but this is the most yeah, like we just see some shit now (laughs) like that's that's how we're kind of feeling at this point but i just think i just think it was a well put together not even expose but just look back in time capsule of what this actually was and it's cool to see the thought behind how good basketball works if you're a fan of basketball like you'll love this documentary i think that's that's the biggest praise i can give it um, if you, yeah, if you love, if you, if you love the sport, like watch this documentary and it definitely is a, Oh, I remember that guy. I remember, I remember, but it is fun. <laughs> it is fun to watch and teach your spot on Bruno Fernandez had those dudes, Rudy, Rudy Fernandez, not Bruno Fernandez. Sorry. He's on the Rockets. Right. <laughs> like, but, uh, but Rudy Fernandez had those dudes in the torture rack. That was unbelievable. He was taking step back threes. He had the game. He was having an out of body experience. He's he was out of his ever. mind. 
best player I've ever seen dunking on people like, oh man. Bro, going back and forth shot for shot with like LeBron and Kobe and Melo and shit is insane. <laughs> Obviously oh. he lost, but goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling everybody about that for the rest of my fucking life. <laughs> you wouldn't believe what I did. Still playing too. Still playing in FIBA. That's um, incredible. I think is still out here too at like 42 years old. Right? Just doing just Might doing baby hooks. Legendary. Yeah, up and unders. Um oh, well I said the best part of the documentary she said the best part of the documentary is seeing Kobe Bryant literally be like a western like the hired gun. That is insane to watch in real time happen. Because they're like we need a we need a tough guy. We need a ringer. Who's it going to be? Oh, Kobe Bryant. Like that's that's awesome. That's awesome yeah, to watch. Kobe was that. insane. Kobe was an actual insane person, bros. Like Bro, them being like we we went out to the club. We came back at like <laughs> four in the morning. Kobe Bryant is like in the elevator about to go to practice and shit. We were like, what the <laughs> those are the stories that your coach has always told me. My coach always told me the story of like when Kobe would take his family to Disneyland, he would get up and go work out at Disney, like wide world of sports gym or whatever, and then come back, have a full day with his family and then go work out again. And you're like, no way. No way. You're Cat. just lying. Yeah, you're lying to get us to come in here into the gym or whatever. But everyone to a man in this documentary is like, nah, we were. Nah, he was, he was built different. Yeah. <laughs> we were wasted. And he was literally on his way to the gym. Like, I love uh, Melo being like, hey, 4 a.m. was way too fucking early for me. I wasn't doing that shit. Yeah. But I was like, up. I'm not going to lie to y'all right now. I'll tell you, I was up at 4 a.m. with Kobe. I made it there about 5 36 o'clock, but I'm not going to tell you I was up there. <laughs> That's the most honest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Mello, I think people give Mello a bad rap just because of how his career is kind of panned out. But good Lord almighty, that guy is funny to listen to. He is really open and honest about kind of his his life. And obviously he's written a book, I believe, too. But yeah, he's just like, nah, I'm not doing that. Yeah, like, not, Kobe's not power of inspiration yeah, could not inspire Melo to wake up at 4 a.m. Not even Kobe <laughs> could get Melo to do that, bro. I'm sorry. No. no. Um, <laughs> another takeaway that I had from this before I wrap up my review, uh, Carlos Boozer is also in this documentary. Duke legend. Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I, I know why legend. they included him. He yeah. was the other one. He was the other guy with Melo and, and LeBron that were on that 2014 that carried over to the 2008 team and obviously carlos boozer had the rockets in hell on those utah teams for, for a couple years a millennia yeah. but but it is funny to just be like lebron james chris paul dwayne way carmelo anthony carlos boozer's here uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, man. like once you're like uh, once i remember you as like a utah jazz player you're, you're dead to me it's like you know there are a few people who like have gone through the jazz or whatever just you know like i think carl landry rocket's legend he played for the jazz for a little bit rocket's he's legend still, he's still yeah. carl landry rocket's legend you know what i'm saying if you if i remember you as a jazz player like you're dead to me i don't want to hear you talk about anything i'm sorry <laughs> donovan mitchell you're cooked forever it it was interesting it was interesting to see the whole um uh what was it the 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 we got cheated by russia Think the Doug Collins of it all, Doug, yeah. I didn't know, never about knew that, that story, <laughs> never knew oh, that yeah, story. That's... 
so that was That's interesting to have them thrown throw that in there of like this motivated us as well i think it was more the 2004 stuff actually motivated you but like it was like but it was interesting because i had never heard that story and i will say just as far as the documentary looks that restored footage that they took from that and made it ultra like hd and stuff yeah it looked awesome really looked really incredible it was it was really cool to look at it's very smooth very uh interesting to watch but so yeah there's the doug collins bit of it all and i think all together it just is a documentary that you will be able to watch i i think again and again if you are a fan of the sport if you're a fan of international basketball and if you're a fan of a lot of people are just fans of olympic basketball which is interesting to say, like not even like of the NBA, just of like of Olympic basketball or of that brand or of the Olympics in general. Like people don't watch sports until the Olympics, which is an interesting choice, but it's uh, things that people do. But like, yeah. So as a, as a document for a moment in time, I don't think you can get much better than this. I give it an A. Guys, I'm not ready for the Kobe Bryant documentary. I realized that after having watched this. Yeah, I'm nah, going to be a I, fucking mess watching the Kobe. I don't, and I wasn't I even a Kobe stand like Dex was. But I oh my god, I'm not I'm not I'm going to be emotional. But I was crying in the club when they showed Kobe and his daughter. And they did it twice and I was really crying in the club both times, bro. That this it was not easy to watch that stuff. Um and I like again, I was never Kobe hive like that. I actually hated Kobe for most of his career. Uh, I like the Kobe came back and dropped 55 in his last game. That was fucking awesome. But, you know, most of I mean, him hitting walk-off shots against me. the Rockets, like, no thanks, yeah, man. Ugh. I was not down with Kobe. And I really do love, not to be disrespectful to anyone, but I, they, you know, they, when they talk about the inter, when Kobe enters the documentary, which is about 20, 25 minutes in, you know, they're talking about the nexus point where Kobe was in his career. And we know, as people who are basketball fans, what was happening at that time that they don't mention because obviously mm-hmm. they want to be respectful to Kobe's memory. But like, we know what was happening around that time. Yeah, there was the whole Lakers drama, but that's not the real drama that was happening in his life. He was going through a crisis legally and in his marriage. So those were the things that he was really dealing with. So to just see his behavior and the way that he was interacting with the media and the people of China, like during this time of his life, was just fascinating to me, knowing that subtext that they don't say, but we all know what was happening around that time it really plays out like nobody has ever made a better career decision than Kobe Bryant in that moment. And they kind of say as much and it really, he won the MVP the next year. Yeah. You know what I mean? What a way to get people back on your side. Like you need some positive, positive press, go be the best player for America where everybody across the nation is forced to root for you and watch you dominate for at least a couple of weeks. It was a great PR move, and it was great for his career. And it Wait, was, did he it was win smart. the MVP going into that summer, or did he win? He I think won it's in after two thousand and eight. Let me look at his back basketball reference. But yeah, he. Um, let's see, he won in oh seven oh eight. Oh, so he won before. Yeah. Oh, he won right that. Uh, well, that kind of is interesting, but yeah, so he won the MVP. He comes in and all of a sudden it, 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 it but people do forget like going into, did he, he was going into the, that, those FIBA games and things like that. Oh, six. In Oh seven. He had Shaq is gone. He hasn't won a championship without, you know, without Shaq. He's on these bat. Those Laker teams stinky. Those Laker teams were not good. This is uh, the Smush Parker era. 
Yeah. Oh, like, God. Woo. Kwame Brown. <laughs> Kwame Brown. Right. Like he's asking, yeah, he's asking to be traded in parking lots on the Stephen Andrew A. Smith Biden, show. Switch Parker. Well, those were the fun Lakers teams. Those are my favorite Lakers teams right there, bro. Uh, hey, bro, Andrew Bynum <laughs> turned it around. NBA champion. <laughs> That's true. He, he turned did. it around for a little bit, for a little bit. <laughs> then he fell off the map. I get, and ooh, the, the amount of disdain that Kobe had for those sinners that weren't Shaq. It just was like, <laughs> And those centers that were Shaq. Yeah. And yeah. And, and Shaq. Shaq. Except yeah. for Powell. He hated everyone. Yeah. Powell Gasol, the man. Like, but yeah. everybody I, else, fuck him. Uh, Shout out to the, the brief Andrew Bynum renaissance we had during the pandemic. That was a thing. <laughs> oh, where he was like telling all about it. Yeah. Andrew Bynum was back in the streets for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? People were talking about him and caring about what he had to say about things. Uh, was it didn't uh, strange didn't moment Kwame come out and like talk? No, about he means Kwame Brown. Not oh, okay, Kwame okay. Brown was yeah, the one. Kwame, on, yeah. It was Kwame Brown jumping in front of the IG live saying all the crazy shit he was saying. Yeah, Kwame Brown was basically like, Yeah, y'all think I'm a bust, but fuck y'all. And I was like, Okay, <laughs> thank you for I'm that. A millionaire, like, shit, yeah. like I bought my mom a house. It's like, Yeah, we figured you. I mean, you made uh, yeah, a lot of money. So. Nobody Country, ever said you'd yeah. make any money. All that money you stole. <laughs> <laughs> I do love this on Kobe Bryant's um, on his basketball reference. It has all these Hall of Fame, 18-time All-Star, two-time scoring champ, 15-time All-NBA, uh, 2008 MVP, Finals MVP, and then it has 2018 Oscar on his basketball <laughs> reference page. Hell what yeah. A, what a badass. Academy Award winner, baby. That yeah. short film was super That short fire, film. That short film. Oh, you watched it? Yeah, it was dope. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I hadn't seen it. Um but so yeah, he comes in, he rejuvenates his his kind of his image. Obviously, he just won the MVP going into these Olympics. He's the biggest star in basketball. Um so, so I wish they would have gone into a little bit more um how big that was in China. Like they did it a little bit. They spent maybe like that was one of my favorite or, parts of it. Him walking around the streets like fucking Michael Jackson. Like man. He can't go anywhere. That shit was dope, man. <laughs> Like they did that a little bit more in the in the MJ doc, but like that would have been interesting. I mean, obviously they don't have Kobe to talk to about the psyche of it all, but like that was intense. They were taking pictures of the bus because Kobe Bryant was in the bus. <laughs> yeah, yeah like I, LeBron I honestly... James is right there, and they're just like, "Yeah, move, LeBron." I'm trying to get an autograph from Kobe. Like Dave is like not even close. Like I knew Kobe was stupid popular in China, but I assumed like all of them were. Like I thought yeah. like like LeBron and Kobe were on the same level in that way. I had no idea that fucking Kobe was the man out there like that. <laughs> I know this is how time works, and it's really funny to kind of look back. But looking back on LeBron James' career, how young he was whenever he accomplished everything, dude was twenty four years old, twenty three, twenty four mm -hmm. years old just schooling the best in the best in the world on a basketball stage. I kind of liked how they did the dynamic between obviously for this team to work, like, okay, there's a debate going on about LeBron being the new King or Kobe being the old King. And it's like, now we have to put these two teams, people on the floor. And it's like, they don't really know each other. Like they, they've met, but they don't really know each other. So you don't know how this is going to go, but obviously LeBron just had a winning personality and it just made everything smooth over. Plus, Kobe was always going to be the alpha 
And even if LeBron James thought that he was going to go over there and be the alpha, once he realized what was happening when they got off the bus and all the people were screaming for Kobe and just ignoring him, basically, he had to have known that, like, all right, well, this is going to be Kobe's team, and that's what it ended up being. Uh, you know, but it's just fascinating to see, like, all these dudes are alphas, but all of a sudden now you're going to put all these dudes on one team. Who's going to be the top dog? Who's going to be the guy? And, you know, Kobe was that guy without ever having to say it, which is probably his problem that he had with Shaq, but he's like, I just feel like I should be the guy. I shouldn't have to say that I'm the guy. And Shaq was always like, I'm the guy. This is my team. Yeah. And that's why that shit didn't work. Can we talk about how interesting this team was, like, conceived? Uh, hold on. Re- their, their roster? Because it's like, it's like 13 small forwards and – uh, <laughs> and Dwight Howard. <laughs> Hold on, let me see. Let me look at this. Let me look at this roster. It is unfair it, that they had Dwight in his prime and LeBron and it, it becoming okay. in his prime and Kobe in his prime. That is unfair, bro. Okay, so here's who all made the trip: Carlos Boozer, obviously, you know, a forward. They had they had Jason Kidd, Hall of Famer, LeBron James arguably the best player in the in NBA history. These is it this is interesting. Darren Williams and Michael Red. People forget how nasty Michael Red Michael was Red before was his nasty, bro. Thing guy, exploded. Bro. Michael ah. Red used to get buckets. You walk to the gym, get buckets no matter who's in the gym, bro. Michael Bucks Red was legend. a certified bucket getter. Yeah. <laughs> uh Dwayne Wade, Hall of Famer, Kobe Bryant, ar- arguably one of the 10 greatest players of all time. Uh Dwight Howard, Hall of Famer, Chris Bosch, Hall of Famer, Chris Paul, Hall of Famer, Tayshawn Prince, and then Carmelo Anthony, Hall of Famer. Tayshawn Prince, also also an all-star and a champion. Like, good, Lord Almighty. Dwight like, Howard, MVP. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was he the MVP at that time? Did he was he going to win an MVP or did he win an MVP? Didn't didn't Dwight win it? I know he went to the finals. I don't know. Maybe he didn't win the MVP, but he went to the I know finals. He's he was... like defensive player of the year. I don't think he ever won an MVP. No, he's an eight-time all-star, two-time, or you know, eight-time all NBA. Okay, never mind. He won the MVP. Defensive player of the year, but he was at that time, people forget the best center in the NBA. Definitely. So generational. It, he was yeah. nasty. It's so weird how this team is constructed because Technically, you have, I guess, Chris Bosch can play center, but you have one true center out of all of these, out of all of them. They're like, this is how we're going to win. Like, we're just going to win with a bunch of forwards. Coach K said, I have the best three-point guards in the league. Can you imagine that? Like, the best three-point – there was a time where Darren Williams, people thought he was the best point guard in the league, in the same league where Jason Kidd was still playing and Chris Paul was playing. I used to have an argument with one of my homeboys about who was the better point guard, Darren Williams or Chris Paul. Every yeah, that was day. a thing. We yeah. would talk about this every day, every fucking day. After you see what Darren Williams did last night, Darren Williams is really him. Like this team is just it's it's completely loaded, and so it, it's it's interesting challenge of how do you tell a story about a super team because you're not it's the, the the best documentaries are about underdogs, people that nobody thought could do it, and you watch them as they finally get it, and you finally realize they can do it, and so doing a story about a team that is this fucking stacked is not an easy thing to be able to tell a compelling story, but they really found a way to do it. And I appreciate that. It's also telling the story of, we know the result, you know? Yeah. And a lot of sports documentaries are this way, unless it's about some niche European soccer match that we've never heard of. But like it, 
it it is interesting. We all know the result. We all know that they whipped ass for like for five straight weeks. <laughs> like it, it just we all know what happened. But the the compelling part was the final game because that game that last game was close because Fernandez decided he was going to like walk on water and yeah, he's like I ain't going outside like yeah <laughs> y'all ain't beating my ass again. But it is yeah, worth yeah. noting that who was on that Spain team too is that final game was one eighteen one oh seven, um, so oh this isn't this isn't current right now it's like Willie Hernan Gomez and Juan Hernan Gomez that's not who we're talking about. Uh, obviously got Pal and Fernandez. Yeah, so you have Pal Fernandez. You have a young. Uh, you have both. You have both Gasol brothers. Oh yeah, that's right. Mark was there too. Um, who Mark ended up being a first? Was he a first? No, a early second round draft pick. Turned out to be really fucking good. Yeah, I can't tell yeah. you, but he's good. But he wasn't. He wasn't Mark. He wasn't the Mark Gasol we. He wasn't Mark from Gasol, Memphis though. yet. He wasn't him yet. Um, let's see. So they have Pau Gasol, Rudy Fernandez, who's a longtime NBA player, or uh, not a longtime NBA player, but was drafted in the NBA, was buckets for Portland back in the day. Yeah. Uh, like a 16 year old Ricky Rubio. <laughs> oh, wow. He's a uh, baby. Yeah. Um, no, he was 18 at the time. So, or no, 17. Mark Gasol and, you know, a, a host of other a host of other players, but it, it is. Oh yeah. Jose Calderon. Who's who was literally just the wettest player of all time. Honestly, you could tell me he's still in the league today. And I'd be like, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So all it, it really is where the game had come from. And okay. This is my, again, this is one of my favorite parts of the documentary. Coach K just feeding the beast and just straight up lying. Is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Hey, Kobe, they talking <laughs> shit, bro. You gonna Kobe? Look, they're saying to you. They're saying Ginobili is better than you. Nobody. Everybody's saying this. I'm sure I've said that, or at least heard people say that. But I hated Manu and Kobe equally, so that's never what I would have been saying. Uh, now, if you give me a T Mac in there, I would have definitely been throwing some shit around about T Mac, but not Manu. I hated Manu because he played for the Spurs. So I just find it is very funny that Coach Gibbs was just like. Yo, Dwayne Wade, they said Manu's better than you. Dwayne Wade's like, what? <laughs> Who's saying Dwayne that? Wade's like, like one newspaper better. One, one troll on a blog said that, and Coach K was just like, hey, look, they're saying he's better than you. And that's all That's all Dwayne Wade needs to see to go fucking crazy. <laughs> From, like, the San Antonio Express News, is Manu Ginobili better <laughs> <laughs> What are we talking about here, Coach? That would it never is. work these days. The LeBron would have been like, yeah, I, I know where Skip Bayless's Twitter account is too, Coach. I don't care about this shit. I don't care about this shit at all. <laughs> yeah, just, it's an incredible coaching tactic just to be like, hey, bro, I don't, I don't know if you'll be in these Twitter spaces after the game, but uh, they, they're talking big shit. <laughs> I, I just found that I just found that hilarious. Because Manu, look, Manu led that Argentina team. They, they won gold in 2004, correct? Yep. So, yeah. yeah, so they won gold that year, obviously with other NBA players, but like, and Manu Ginobili's Hall of Famer, but like, Manu versus, come on. 
we're we're talking about somebody that may not even rank in the top 50 all time of NBA players versus Dwayne Wade. Like, what are we talking about? Hey, bro. Hey, D Wade. They in the they in the group chat saying you just fucking hyped up TJ Ford. Like, I don't I don't know if you let him talk about you like that. I wouldn't take that disrespect, me myself, but that's what they saying. All they're saying, all they're saying about D Wade, you know, Dwayne, all they're saying about you is that you just run and dunk. That's all they're saying. <laughs> no bag, bro. They said you ain't got no bag. You can't shoot the three. Like, you gonna let them talk shit about you like that? It really was like Dwayne Wade wasn't a good shooter um, for his NBA career. Something like twenty nine percent or something. He, he was not very good. But like, he went off in the in the from like downtown. He shot like forty five percent, if I remember correctly. <laughs> I mean, like there is there's a template with these stats. Hold on, I should have had this pulled up. It, it was obviously that LeBron James was the best overall around player. You could tell that Kobe Bryant was a leader. Dwayne Wade went off and averaged the most points per game, uh, all because he scored like 25 in that fourth quarter or something. Uh, let me see. Redeem team stats. Let's see. United States basketball. Dwayne Wade. Yeah, not a three-point shooter. He shot 47% from three. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Le- LeBron James also like is a better three point shooter historically. 40, but not as good. 46%. They were over yeah. there hitting everything. Don't <laughs> <laughs> throwing it into the ocean. God damn. <laughs> Couldn't make a free throw though. LeBron shot under 50. Yuck, LeBron. He shot under 50% from free throw. Ew. But, uh, hey, can't can't do it in the big moments. Never won a championship. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously Kobe Bryant had to save him. Alpha, he's the alpha dog. LeBron's not an alpha. <laughs> Can't be the best player on a championship team shooting free throws like that. Sorry. <laughs> um, Kobe also shot fifty eight percent from free throw. Hey, relax. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, Kobe would never win a, Kobe's never going to win another ring without Shaq. So it doesn't. Everybody knows yeah. that. Everybody knows that. <laughs> oh my god. Win. LeBron days are over. LeBron shot worse from the free throw line than Dwight Howard. Yuck. <laughs> hey, um, this is why Dwight Howard beat the Cavs and went to the finals. And, you know, that's what it is. That did happen. That is the thing that happened. People forget. <laughs> People, People forget. forget. People forget that Dwight did do that. Um, Dwayne NBA Wade. champion Dwight Howard, by the way. Yeah, that's true. No, that's true. That's he true. is a champion now. Bubble champion. Uh, Dwayne. Hey, I'm not used to Dwight <laughs> Howard being a championship. Ugh. Dwayne Wade, 16 points in 18 minutes a game. Uh, LeBron James, 15, five and four and two steals and a block every single game. And, and Kobe the Bryant, most disrespectful block you've ever seen in your life, by the way, they didn't spend enough time on that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish they would have spent more time on like the, and oneness of it, where they were just literally like tossing it between. And he was coming out from the ceiling and blocking. And it was just like, where did this dude <laughs> just throwing people's shots off the backboard? It's incredible content. Holy shit. <laughs> there was a moment in time and I know we're going long, but like there was a moment in time where it was like right when he hit the heat, like when, you know, you turn 20, like pro athletes, when they turn 27, 28, they hit their peak athletically. And there was a moment in those playoffs in one of those playoffs where they, an announcer said, Oh, I just realized that LeBron just hit his peak athletically. And so this is what we're seeing now. 
and I was like, oh, this is the best basketball player I've ever seen in my entire life. This is the best athlete I've ever seen in my entire life. Because he was good forever, and then all of a sudden he matured into his body, and it was just unbelievable. It was scary hours. Miami, it was the scariest Miami Heat LeBron was the scariest thing of all time, bro. It was absolutely insane. Go back and watch that 60-point game. It's on YouTube, the 60-point game that he had with the face mask. He's the best basketball player I've ever seen. It's just like it, it defies logic how you could be that big and that fast and jump that high. And he, he was just doing that, but he was doing that on the national stage. And he did it in 2012. I like I think that it was a little bit closer, but those two that that 2012 team was may have been even nastier. The the stuff that Kobe was doing, even in the few you know, it's not like you see a lot of basketball in the movie. But the way that Kobe was finishing at the rim was like he was just going to the rim with no hesitation, no fear, just throwing shit up. And it was just going in like he was just hitting like the, the, when Kobe hits the the dagger, the way they set it up is like Kobe comes down and hits the dagger. The way when he hits that three and shushes the crowd like that is peak Kobe Bryant. It's like, yeah, we all knew Kobe was about to do that. It's not, not even like a surprise anymore. Like even at that point in his career, we all knew like this is what Kobe does. He's going to hit a shot. He's going to shut everybody in the crowd up. He's going to look at y'all because he's a fucking serial killer. He's crazy. He lives for moments like that. He quite literally lived his life for moments like that where he can just go make everybody look stupid and just walk back down the court. And to just see it see it play out play by play was just phenomenal to see. And obviously, anytime you're watching Kobe play basketball, it's just fun, especially because he's not here anymore. Like it was, It's a singular experience to have witnessed the peak of Kobe Bryant and so to revisit that in a small portion in a way that's just international but still very fun was just dope as hell to me. Yeah, United States. So these were the games, and we'll, we'll wrap it up. These were the games for the United States um, in in the tournament bracket. Obviously, they won. They, they who, brother, they beat the piss out of these teams in uh, the, pre, the prelims. Uh, 101 to 70 over China. Uh, 97 to 76 over Angola, 92 to 69 over Greece, 119 to 82 over Spain, 106 to 57 over Germany. Um, and then it goes 116 to 85 over Australia. They kind of play this one up in the documentary 101 uh, against Argentina. Like this is the big game. Like they gave us some trouble there. in like, in like the uh, second quarter, they beat them by 20 points, 101 to 81. <laughs> Um, and then of course, Spain was actually a game 118 to 107, but I wanted to bring this up. The, uh, the United States, let's see the United States, 2012 team. They were, be they were beating teams. Like they beat Argentina, like 126 to 97, uh, 119 to 86 over Australia, 109 to 83. And then, of course, yeah, the final game was Spain, 107 to 100. But that was the emergence of of Kevin Durant, too. So that team, I think, may have been oh, even right. like, I know this is about the redeem team, but go and look at the 2012 team, and you're like, oh, this is what this actually led up to, is the 2012 team with LeBron and KD and, like, Russell Westbrook. It was nasty, nasty, nasty. But yeah, so that's been the Redeem Team documentary. Go check it out. It's on Netflix. Uh, hopefully we'll do a actual, you know, narrative film here relatively soon. But uh, there, that is that. 
let's do our draft because this is a very funny prompt from Dex. Dex, what's what was the prompt by you? Basically, just anything that America needs to put together a redeem team for. Just call in all the best and brightest to go flex on the world and let y'all know we we the kings of this shit. Like forever. Don't fuck with us. So this can be anything. This can be sports. This can be anything political. Like no holds barred. Random part activities. Doesn't Random matter. A- anything. All right. Um. So let's go. Okay. Dex I went, went first, first last time, so yeah. Uh, I think Tej went last. So. Okay. I I haven't been first in a minute, so I'll just I'll take this one to be honest. I, I'll go. I'll go me. De- or no, me, Teach Dex. How about that? We'll just flip it. Yeah. Okay. Me, Teach, and Dex. Okay, so my number one, and they've been trying to do this forever, and really, I mean, it kind of is looking like it's the best that we got right now, but we need to figure out a way to have a redeem team or even just a dream team for USA men's soccer. <laughs> Hell yeah. Get it together. We fucking. What are we doing? That's a great answer. Hey, we're on our way, bro. We're on our. We're on our way. Are we though, dude? When we get (laughs) when we get skunked by Britain in these in these games in November, I'm gonna be. It's it's gonna be nasty. This is gonna stink. It doesn't look good. We we just gotta get back. That's all. We just gotta get back there. Give me like. I don't know. World Cup, right? We already qualified. Yeah, we did qualify. Thank God, we did. Okay. We did qualify this time, actually. As, a, so, as hey, at least we redeemed past. ourselves that much, <laughs> right? But the past two ma- the past two matches have been nasty. This is like you got to get just a, the elite athletes playing soccer. I don't care. Give me find some find a LeBron for soccer. That's what I'm saying. There's got to be one somewhere. Somewhere there's the yeah. goddamn like. Where's our Victor Wembanyama of soccer? Like we need him. I need that. This All right. Generational prospect everyone loves and adores. All right, Tej, what's your pick? This is an easy one for me. Uh, we need the dream team of American podcasting to go against all the other countries' podcasts. <laughs> uh, we would cook. I would take America. I think America would be a huge favorite, and uh, we would definitely win the podcasting Olympics. And uh, if you want to send us America, if you want to send the One Take Pod to the uh, podcasting of Olympics, we would crush it we would dominate we would bring home the gold for our country so podcasting is my answer <laughs> what would be the subject what would we do would it be like doesn't matter all of it doesn't matter no, the all thing is it. it's like you and sit down team. and you sit in your little room and your little thing and everybody's watching and then the subject flashes on the screen you immediately have to start potting about that subject on the fly <laughs> no notes just go 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 you gotta like be able decathlon. to pot about anything Gotta be able to pot about anything, baby. That's the real podcasters. Honestly, bro, this would be so fucking fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That would be great. All right. So I got I got two. One of mine is a sport. The other one is absolutely not. But for the sport, Formula One racing. I need Americans yes. to be out here. Like we technically like Haas is an American team, kind of sorta, but they're very ass for the most part. They're getting a little better, you know. Fucking twenty twenty one, they were absolute ass and didn't score any points. Now they can score points some, but don't challenge for wins ever. 
you know, so I, we don't have an American Formula One driver at all. Haven't had one in like almost a since decade like the, at this point. I was going to say since the 80s. Like, right? no, it's like oh, it was like the 2000s. I feel like uh, I might be misremembering that, but it's been a long ass time. But uh, yeah, we need a Formula One team and driver to put it down for America. I wouldn't know anything oh, about what? this. I wouldn't know anything about <laughs> anything y'all talking about. Yeah, nobody's won playing? since the 80s, I don't think. Yeah, uh, 78 was the last time somebody won. The most recent time a driver raced was 2015. So seven years. But anyway, my other one is thing. I feel like oh. the Brits... The Brits have gotten they gotten up wow, on us the a little Brits bit. Might, they might the Brits might put up numbers. They might have run it. They might have run away with it already. <laughs> that's why we need. That's why we need the redeem team, baby. We got to. I would it back. love to test this out. I'm I'm so tired of you know we got a fucking British man out here playing Fred Hampton and winning Oscars and shit, bro. Like we can't let this stand. Like no, get him out of here. Tom, Holl- yeah, I mean, Tom Holland, Tom Holland, like Fred is- Astaire, like, come on, man. Yeah, Tom Holland is <laughs> like Peter Parker and Fred Astaire and shit, doing Brooklyn accents and like all this other shit. Like, nah, get them out of here. The Americans need to run it back, bro. <laughs> D- dating fine American women. Yeah, Tom, Holl- y'all let Tom Holland come over here and take a fine ass black woman out of America. Got her over there turning tricks and shit in London. This cannot stand. God damn it. The acting redeemed. We're gonna reclaim we're gonna reclaim acting <laughs> as an American path, even though it like was formed in Europe. But like, yeah, that's fine. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, nobody talks about fucking, you know, London like producing dope ass movies. Everyone's talking about Hollywood. They talk about dope ass movies. We turn out the shit that matters. Tom Cruise putting on metal, bro. I don't know. Talk on we Tom, Cruise Tom Cruise putting on for the squad. You know what I'm saying? Like, this man's about to go to space and you know win that race for us too. So hey, we out here. Um, Tj, you're next. Let's do it. Let's do four this time, so it looks looks better. Last time we kind of got caught up in uh, like the five of it all, but let's uh, let's let's, let's four. do four. Yeah. Uh, next is uh, they need to have a dream team for NCAA football for 2014. I played hours upon hours upon hours of that game. If there's any way that I'm ever going to make it to the Olympics, this is what needs to happen. Uh, I'm not the greatest at video games, as some people might know, but I am particularly great at this video game because I played so much of it. I know all the fucking cheese things to do to score points on people. It's incredible. I have a control over that game that I've never had over any game, and I think I could make the Olympic team and go make America proud. Um if we put this game in these Olympics, so obviously we're probably eight years too late. But nasty you know, with the read option. <laughs> the KC. first time you, the first time some European picks you off with like the I'm gonna be uh, Miami of Ohio because they don't know who to play with, you'd be like, if a Frenchman it. picks Bowling Green and beat and puts me in a, in the dirt, I'm gonna be disgusted. <laughs> I'm gonna throw the game. I'm gonna break the game and have. Break I'm a CEA Sports. Hey, bro, Those Frenchmen not gonna have nothing uh, to say to me, brother. The first time audibly the four verts doesn't work, I'm out of there. I got nothing else for you, bro. Like, <laughs> mine was always the halfback sprint up the seam. No, no safety ever covered it, so it was just like so. You'd be like, stop audibly audibly to that. I'm like, sorry, stop it. I don't know what to tell you. 
Go stop it, bro. I don't know what to tell you. Missed that game. Hopefully the new NCAA game can restore the feeling. But until then, uh, I'm preparing for the Olympics on NCAA for football 14. Let's get it. Hey, bro, I'm so ready for NIL microtransactions and, like, copy XP. Like, <laughs> I cannot I'm, wait. The first time on online dynasty, I steal a recruit from – I steal a recruit from Tej with a gold Trans Am. It's gonna be nasty. <laughs> I'm putting at least three hundred dollars worth of microtransaction into that game the day it drops, bro. Uh, I like, don't feel bad about so it much either. money out of me. I'm about to cheat, boy. I'm about to run it oh. up. I need to cook in the online. <laughs> I'm about to cheat. They, they got shit out of the me recruits, for Madden bro. or 2K in years, but they dropped NCAA <laughs> football. They getting racks, yo. It, dude, if they make it to where you actually have to pay for the NIL money, that's for recruits, be yes, gross. I'm in. I'm paying. Oh, I'm, no. in. I'm, I'm paying. in. I'm paying. Them. I'm putting real money into there to get these recruits on my team, bro. How do Period. I explain? Y'all aren't married. How do I explain to my wife? No, babe, it's in the game. Like we just have to like <laughs> tell her he's a five star quarterback. He's gonna lead you to greatness. Hey, oh, man, God. when Bly is out here beating people 70 to nothing the week before he plays me, I'm dropping, like, I'm dropping $100 <laughs> on that shit. Like, give me some better recruits. Give me some better facilities. Give me some better, like, I need all that staff. shit. I need all I need that it. shit. I'll pay for it. I can't go outside out here. Unbelievable. Um, okay. <laughs> me and Sam Houston State are going to glory this year. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so... My, we need to put together a dream team for, uh, for mass transportation, <laughs> put it together Bring back American subways, figure it out, give We're me bullet train, get, put it, they, we, we just don't want to figure out big highway has people in their pockets, <laughs> big highway, big easy tag. Yeah. <laughs> big highway. As people in their pockets getting like, all we need is just make, make it one more lane. That's all we need. One more lane. I promise you there won't be any traffic. One more, one more. And, it, and it's just like, make a train, make one train. You know, I feel like if we put all it, Pete Buttigieg, get it together and make her make a redeem team to get us back on track with bullet trains in America. <laughs> yeah, give me we are look, Texas is as big as Germany. They are lapping us in in that's crazy in mass transportation. Get it together. Give me a train from Houston to San Antonio through Austin to Dallas. Do it right now. It's not that hard. Actually, it's it's very hard because we don't it's, have any. It's very hard, but y'all can do hard. it if you want. Y'all can do it if you want to. Put my tax dollars to that. Give me a redeem team. Put it all together. Figure it out. We need to school Europe in this. Um, my next uh, my next thing is fine dining. <laughs> I'm tired of people lapping us in Michelin stars. <laughs> Why is this happening? Yeah. Great British Bake Off. I think not. Like, uh-uh. Come on. I'm tired of seeing Gordon Ramsay on my TikTok feed. Give me an American redeem team. Put the best of the best together. Whatever that dude is from the French laundry. We're going to get our Michelin stars back. God damn it. Like we, I need this. I, I need, I need America be, to be the home of fine dining. I can't eat there. That's fine. I don't have enough money, but I want to be, I want to be obnoxious you about it. You know that it exists where you live. Yeah. I, I want to be. You could go. I want to be obnoxious about it. The French are like, you have to come here for like the good cuisine, and you're just like, shut, <laughs> shut up. 
You ever been? You ever been to San Antonio? You ever been on the this Riverwalk? Is gold medal right here, pal. Yeah, good old American gold medal. Shit. Yeah. Hey, bro, I fear you're gonna come in like Kobe Bryant and lead us to glory. <laughs> <laughs> the mayor of Flavortown is here. God damn it! To redeem American cuisine. Let's go. Uh, need that. Put it all together. Get us back on track. See, for my for mine, I'm gonna go tennis. I've I've been on a big oh, tennis yes. kick. I've recently started to play tennis, and I realized how uh, fucking impossible it is to play. And also that amazing tennis match uh, a couple weeks ago when the U.S. Open was happening. I've been really in a tennis in a tennis in my tennis bag. I would like to see the American tennis players versus the world versus the rest of the world, which I guess already exists because they don't they play tennis in the Olympics. Does that exist? Yeah, they do. do they play tennis. Yeah. Okay, never yeah. mind. That's a bad answer then. Um, they already had. But we need a we need the greatest tennis players to have a redeem team because I'm sure the U.S. didn't win the last tennis whatever the tennis thing was. I'm sure we did not win it. There's so no, many great tennis players not. in the world. Couldn't tell you. But we need a redeem team. Send somebody over there to go clean that shit up because we got new and up and coming blood. And that Spanish kid, that kid from Spain, is about to be dominating everybody and everything in men's tennis. So we're gonna have to stump him out right now before he yeah. becomes him because he looks like he is becoming. The next big thing. That kid is the best tennis player I've ever seen in my entire life. He is ridiculous, bro. (laughs) He is absolutely ridiculous. He's so fun to watch. He's going to be fun to watch for the next 15 years of playing tennis. He's ridiculous. But he ain't American, and we got to get it back in blood, bros. We got to get it back in blood. I need the days of Andy Roddick and them back. Like, (laughs) Restore the feeling. We can find so many people with 150-mile-per-hour serves. I just know we can. I know we we can. can. They're out there. We just got to find them. Get those dudes that throw 120 in baseball and, like, figure it out. Like, whatever they're doing, figure it out for tennis. Hell yeah. You can figure it out. Same motion, right? Like, sure, whatever. I don't know anything about tennis. People are screaming at me. They're like, it doesn't work the same. Whatever. Make it work the same. <laughs> God damn it. This is America. American exceptionalism is what we're going for right now. <laughs> Dex, two picks. All right. So mine are pretty similar, but they're they're different. I'm a my first one, I'm gonna go with fashion. Like, Ooh. I'm tired of all these fucking European brands, like, being the hot shit. Give me, you know, the Tom Fords of the world and all, the, like, Austin, Texas is on. Shout out. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, all the little black girls out here innovating and shit. You know, put them, put them all together in the one dope-ass brand. Give me, like, Pharrell and shit, you know. Hold it down for America and uh, make us a dope ass fashion brand that's shitting on everybody else that everybody knows with the hottest shit out. Like, I need Tommy, that. Tommy Hilfiger coming in like uh, Jerry Colangelo, fucking Ralph Lauren. Like, I need, <laughs> I need it. Like, give me, put it all together. Uh, Kanye, you can't come now. RIP. But everybody else, I need y'all out here together to hold it down for the squad. Like New York Fashion Week is getting shit on by Paris. I need y'all to get it back in blood. And my other one, this is something we could literally never win, even if we like put all of our will into it. But watchmaking, like I just want, <laughs> like oh, hell no, all all the American brands like Fossil, like get your shit together. You know what I'm saying? And stop making twenty five dollar watches that Roy yes. Tree can afford. Stop making shitty $25 watches that don't work for more than three months. I need you to put your shit together. We got to shit on Rolex. We got to shit on Audemars. We got to shit on fucking Patek Philippe. All of them. I need fuck Switzerland. 
America needs to be the dominant watchmaking company, the country. Like, get get your shit together, everyone. God have damn you it. Seen, have you seen the Swiss watch? No, but I've seen this Bozeman, Montana. Hell yeah. And they're like, <laughs> what? I don't, whatever you got to do. All these Swiss companies are like, oh, the astronauts wore this on the moon. Or, you know, this can survive in 7,000 feet of water. I just need, like, some American company to be like, well, this one files your taxes and shoots fireworks <laughs> and keeps perfect time, so suck my dick. Like that's a, what? that's what I want. Oh my god, that's incredible! The watch right, Apple Watch made. is made in America. Does, does that count? Because if so, we bought the designed in America. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, uh, designed way in, up on them. Uh, if it's designed made, in California and uh, designed in Cupertino. It is. I don't think a Apple Watch has ever been made in in a. In a, on American soil, <laughs> I have a Rolex. They never, it never once told me to get up off my ass and go run and go get nah. my steps. And it's never done that, bro. It's, it's never done that. So, you yeah, know, Rolex can't can't call the emergency services if I'm in a car crash. <laughs> <laughs> Did you fall? No, I just. <laughs> I need my Apple Watch to stop asking me if I fall every time there's a loud noise in my house. Like, bro, like, <laughs> please stop it. I did not fall. I'm not old. All right, sometimes some shit happens, all right? Mine only anyway. works if you hit the watch because I have fallen and it didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't say shit. Yeah, if I fall, like, you good. <laughs> after how many mistakes there's been, if I actually fall and and it doesn't ask me did I fall, it's going right back to Apple. I'm taking this bitch back because this, <laughs> if I hit my hand on the counter, did you fall? No, I didn't fall, bros. Like I hit my hand yeah. on the counter. Everything's fine. Um, oh, my, I, God. my last pick is going to be music. Because I like Bad Bunny like everybody else. I appreciate what he's doing. But now that I see that he's breaking records and being the biggest, best artist in the game, I can't have that. I feel like the Drakes <laughs> and the Beyonce's of the world, if they saw this man direct one-to-one -one competition, would sun this man. And so we need to have all the American musicians Drake go over there with all their album sales. Oh, shit. That's true. Drake uh, Drake <laughs> doesn't even count, play for our country. Beyonce can hold this down. We're fine. We got Beyonce, yeah. bros. And we got Bruno Mars. We could, we could, we could really do some shit with Beyonce and Bruno Mars. We could go over there and represent. Can only got one player on their team. Uh, now, Bad Bunny is, you know, he's isn't Bad Bunny Puerto Rican, so technically he's yeah. American. Oh, we gonna cook, bros. We got oh, this yeah, shit yeah, in the yeah. bag. Bad, bad we got this shit in the bag. Rican, yeah. Can Puerto Ricans play? Or I thought they had their own national teams. Oh shit! I think they do. Oh, oh yeah. The, a, God sorry, damn it! We don't. We don't won't tell anybody. Puerto We're Rican state, now. baby. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see the Music Olympics. Uh, I'm not sure what it would look like, but I just know that due to American exceptionalism, we would cook. So we need to set that up so we can have uh, like more things Bieber for musicians to argue about. Versus Beyonce and Bruno Mars versus <laughs> fucking Bad Bunny. <laughs> Adele and Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Man, uh, Harry Styles not making the cut for the English national team and music is gonna go crazy. <laughs> Does Harry Styles still make music? Like, or did he retire yeah, he from just, music, or is he just no? Like, he still makes doing music. everything. Yeah, like one his of the biggest albums it, of the year this year. His music oh. far surpasses his acting ability. Oh yeah, his, his so music much is so so decent for what it is. It doesn't is, tell yeah. me much about the music because I know the acting is not great. So much so that Dex actually enjoys his music. Yeah, I do actually like his music. I just need to stop his cinematic agenda. And then it's going to be like BTS and whatever second like K-pop band you want to put out there for the Koreans. Like the Music Olympus will go crazy. We need to make a bracket. Blackpink. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm with that. Yeah. Um, so my 
that that is a great one Siege. my last one i'm gonna i gotta add another sport just because it's so funny to think about um american football <laughs> oh we would oh you we don't even need a we don't even need a redeem team we just need a dream team for this one no we you can need... just send like the cleveland browns just send the cleveland <laughs> browns they're gonna clean up the whole world bro we don't even gotta <laughs> just imagine like you know you're trying to teach a, a country how to play american football and it's like okay guys like olympics your first prelim group stage game you have to block aaron donald you have to try and tackle. You have to try and tackle Lamar Jackson. You have to try and guard Stephon Diggs. <laughs> Let's see how this goes for you. Good luck, JJ. We're playing China in our first game. Oh well, Lamar Jackson about to have that Chinese defense in absolute hell. Bro, Lamar Jackson cooking like some random Chinese people. Like you know, I need American to see football. this. That would be, would be hilarious the television Olympic highlight ever. JJ Watt all hyped up on patriotism. Like, oh my God. JJ Watt playing for King and Country. Like, oh my you got God. A, you got a Bosa brother on each end of the defensive line. <laughs> just destroy quarterbacks in the name of America. They are just torturing people. <laughs> Making sure they stand for the flat for the national anthem. <laughs> Big oh my Bosa, God. Next. The other Bosa, 3.5 sacks in the first game. Like they're just dominating the shit out of these pure. Oh, we're playing. We're playing Norway. Oh shit! The Norwegian offensive line is all injured. They're literally all injured. There's <laughs> random Brazilians trying to tackle Derrick Henry, bro. <laughs> 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 Miles Garrett, like somebody <laughs> from Switzerland has to block Miles Garrett. Like, God damn, what did I sign up for? Hey, the Australians got a punt on every single drive, but they're killing it. They're, the they're incredible at punting. It's awesome. <laughs> if we just play the field position battle, we won't lose by a hundred. <laughs> oh my God. You think Tom Brady would come in like Kobe? You think he'd still be playing at like a, at like 48? Tom Brady would have Tom, to go out Tom Brady's there not missing out on a chance medal. to win a gold medal. He's not missing <laughs> yeah. out on that. He's leaving his family again. I know that I retired, but now they have football in the Olympics. I got to go over there. I'm sorry. Bro, even if they sent them out there to play like seven on seven, and they're like, okay, you got to guard Tyreek Hill. Like, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> they do. I saw it. It's popped up on my YouTube feed. They, it is an Olympic sport that is flag football, like seven on seven flag football. Which <laughs> First string quarterback. Mahomes, second string quarterback, Josh Allen. <laughs> oh man, Mahomes is out. Oh, Josh Allen is in now. Oh shit, the offense is still moving. I think it's like a set. I don't think it's a full field. I think it's like a 75 yard field. He just chunks it the length of the field. <laughs> Tyreek Hill like, runs down the entire field in five seconds. Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> pass and there's nothing anyone can do about it. And then I need like, this to happen. Oh, the Americans be... are up 172 to zero. They're bringing in Josh Allen off the bench. <laughs> that would be the funniest football ever, ever recorded to see them just destroying other countries who have never played football until the day they announced that football was in the Olympics. Like that would be amazing content. Oh my God. The amount of, the amount of, like getting it back in blood that we would have to do for like getting destroyed in soccer from uh from Great Britain or whatever, and we just do, like <laughs> all right now now we're playing a real sport, yeah, now we're <laughs> playing a real man's game. 
<laughs> Unless oh you hit God. people in this sport, y'all are fucked, Britain. Y'all are fucked. Uh, they've. Uh, I feel like they've floated that before, like in a like like tackle football, because there is like USA versus other countries, and they play with I think college kids too. Even college football. I need that. That would be that would be fun to watch. You too, send over they, Alabama against the pros. They still gonna beat the shit out of them. They gonna beat the shit out of everybody. <laughs> They're gonna beat oh the living shit. Who's gonna tackle Jamar Gibbs? You're gonna see a random Frenchman try to tackle Jamar Gibbs. That's gonna be ugly, bro. Oh god. They're trying to fucking block Will Anderson. Like, hell no, man. <laughs> I can't, I can't do it. I can't I, I, I didn't play this sport for most of my life. I can't do it. Sorry. I remember this sport was a year ago. I can't block this kid. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so that has been that has been a one take podcast. Uh, uh, I love when we get to do these drafts about sports. It's always the funniest thing. An incredible <laughs> last pick, man! Like, uh, just imagining any phenomenal like American football redeem team is incredible. Just dominating every fucking one. <laughs> um, you can find us at a one take podcast. One take podcast on Twitter. It's the number one take podcast. One take podcast on Instagram as well as TikTok. You can follow us uh, at Apollo HOU on all platforms. Popping off now with uh, baseball season uh, going on with uh, playoff baseball going on as well. Of course, we got a host of other podcasts on ApolloHOU.com slash podcast. Follow college football. You can follow, of course, playoff baseball. Everything basketball is getting started up. Our Rockets podcast is going to be popping off here in a little bit. But yeah. yeah, and then you can follow at Watch with Apollo. You can follow all of our movie content there. Of course, it's kind of they we tweet like more news from that from that uh, account. This is this is for shits and giggles. On this is this is the funsies account. Of course, they do have some funsies on uh, at Watch with Apollo. But you can follow us all. Those are all of our accounts. Go follow us on YouTube specifically. One Take Podcast on YouTube. Go like and subscribe at Watch with Apollo on YouTube as well. Uh, like and subscribe there. And uh, Dex, what are you working on? What are you writing? Uh, well, I just dropped a tar review yesterday. Uh, that movie is dope. One of the best movies of the year, in my opinion. The hype is uh, real. The hype is real, bros. Wow, it's, it's some heat. I'm, I'm gonna go watch the shit again when it's in more theaters. It's only in one theater out here in Houston right now. That's like 30 minutes away from here. But next week it's opening up more places, so I'm gonna go see it again. That shit was fire. Kay Blanchett, definitely the favorite for uh, best actress right now. I I think it'll probably get a best picture now. It's really fucking good. But uh, yeah, I just wrote that. I just wrote about She-Hulk and Super Soldier Serum over on uh, Screen Rants. Go check that one out. And uh, yeah, I have no idea what I'm going to be writing next, but it'll be something. So just follow us on Twitter and you'll see it. Teach, please don't flame Baylor too hard on the next Slander You podcast. I really you appreciate it. Flame the fuck out of them, bro. We're going to have Baylor in hell. We're going to have Baylor in hell. Evan has been telling a lot of lies about Baylor on the podcast, and they are coming. Bro, Evan talks so much shit about West Virginia. That's for us to go out there and get cooked. He did. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. How much he was. They stink. <laughs> Oklahoma State, and you're just like, dude, shut up, shut. <laughs> don't do this to us. Please oh, don't bro. do this. I oh, cannot God. fucking wait. I, I, I can't wait. Hey, college football season is over, as far as I'm concerned. Basketball uh, school. We're, basketball school. We're a basketball school. 
and uh you know that's all it is shout out to this is a baseball podcast also playoff yeah. baseball very important mm-hmm. so yeah go go stress and the Yankees won today, so I'm going to say yes to the playoff baseball. For now, our next episode could be very different. It um, could be very different by our next episode. Or the Yankees could be up 2-0 against the Astros by the time we record. I would love that. Let's we we that. take hey, forever bro. to record on this podcast now. but <laughs> <laughs> um, The fucking Yankees-Astros series might tear this podcast apart. <laughs> I, I can't lie. Infre- infrequently as we record and just, just be like, nah, I'm done. Um <laughs> uh, no, yeah, so, don't embarrass me. Please, please, I'm begging. Uh you can find you can find uh some of my stuff I'm working on the big one too. We're gonna talk about uh all things Big 12 football and how Texas won and now Baylor uh, <laughs> we're, gonna talk, we're gonna be talking about that on the big one too on uh 365 sports on YouTube. So go follow that. Also, um playing it, gonna start playing it right now. Uh 2K a PGA 2K24 review coming soon. Uh, I'm about from, to buy that game. I'm about to. I, from, I can't wait to jump into that. From yours truly, that review is going to be up uh, on Hardwired, another show that I do with Andrew Hamilton about video games. So that review will be coming down the pipeline very soon. So I'm kind of getting paid to play video games, which is really cool. But Hell yeah, we're gonna, I'm gonna have to get on and play with you. I like those PGA games. Those games are so peaceful. <laughs> And 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 hard as hell. Those games are so hard. So, so hard. Fun. I mean, they're peaceful until you miss a five foot putt. You want to throw your you want to throw your controller through your screen. But other than that, they're great. Um, so this one has Tiger Woods. So yeah, that's awesome. And Michael Jordan. So we're gonna be playing that. And uh, yeah, so that'll be out on Hardwired on YouTube. Thank you so much for listening, liking, subscribing. Go rate us five stars. Really appreciate that. Dex, as always, what are we doing? Hashtag support Florence Pugh. We out here. The Wonder coming soon to Netflix. Let's go. We're out. Walking on a dream.